Welcome to the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm Peter Sashecki, president of Everything Financial Group. Today, we're going to continue on our journey, making our way through the Omni formula from beginning to end, how we do a financial plan. Today's topic, critical illness 101. Hopefully, we're going to make it simple for you guys to understand because I know insurance is a bit dicey sometimes and a bit boring, but we're going to spice it up a bit. Today, we have a guest in studio with us, Chris Cook. He's this, I got to get this right too. It's a long title. Senior Sales Consultant, Life and Living Benefits of RBC Insurance. He's going to answer the key questions about critical illness, as always, that you didn't even know you're supposed to ask. And we're going to hopefully um, help make some sense of it. Now, Chris, welcome. But uh, full disclaimer here, because you guys know how bad I am and how much I can't stand the banks in RBC um, RBC insurance though, is the black sheep of the family of the RBC bank. Uh, you don't have to worry if we recommend an RBC product in the Omni formula with your financial plan, you're not going to get those tellers. Remember they're not listeners, they're tellers. They're not going to be calling you trying to get your business because RBC insurance really has nothing to do with the rest of RBC. Would that be fair? Yeah, that's, that's fair. The, the bank act essentially separates us from the bank where we can't share information. So peace of mind for you there. And and going back, I mean, this takes us way back, but I mean, I, I've done a lot of business with different critical illness companies. Granted, we don't do one. We look for the best one for the clients. But RBC on the disability, which we're going to be talking about in our next episode, and critical illness, I mean, is really there because they purchased years ago probably the best North American living benefits company. Yeah. I mean, when they created RBC. Yeah. Yeah. RBC insurance's history is really founded on acquisitions and it was acquiring disability specialist carriers. So you look at some of these that were in Canada for a while, Unum, um, Paul Revere. I was going to so say, these Paul carriers, Revere, we can go way yeah, back now. We're yeah, we're really dating ourselves. So, um, so, so these carriers were, were bought by RBC, and that's kind of how RBC came to be as a, a larger insurance company. Yeah, and, and, they, and they do have a great product, or else I obviously wouldn't have you here if I didn't believe in it, but they're really good. But like we said before, bring in the experts. So let's, let's dive into this. Really, to get us going here, it, it, you know, as basic or as detailed as you want, Kind of give our, our viewers and listeners uh, a good overview of really what is critical illness insurance. Yeah, well, well, critical illness insurance, and it, it's really a financial planning tool. So I, I think with any form of insurance, what you're doing is is you're basically making a trade. You're you're trading money, your own money, to uh, protect you against a risk, a risk that might or might not happen. And if it does happen, you don't know when it will. So with critical illness. What you're doing is, well, you're paying a premium or a monthly or annual payment. And what you get in return is if you get diagnosed with one of uh, a number of conditions and pretty serious ones. So with critical illness, we're looking at things like cancer, heart attack, or stroke. You're going to get a lump sum of cash from an insurance company. And that's cash that's yours to do with as you will. There's no conditions on it. You get that payment into your bank account. You can use that for whatever you need to use it for. That's, uh, in a nutshell, critical illness insurance. So lump sum of money, but I know with critical illness, and you actually said the heart attacks, cancer, and strokers, we refer to them as the big three. The big three. So those are the ones, correct me if I'm not, that are covered in like a, because there's different tiers, different levels of critical illness. It's kind of like buying anything else out there. You can buy the basic stripped down version. Yeah. Or you can buy kind of the loaded version. Yeah. So the, the, the difference is really between 
basic, if you will, critical illness insurance or enhanced or loaded up critical illness insurance? What's the difference in those two? Yeah, so so a, a subtle difference between the two. So when you look at basic, you're covering off those major illnesses, the big three, cancer, heart attack, stroke. Oftentimes, uh, you'll also have coronary artery bypass surgery in there. So you could count almost four. So when you look at these, these account, well, heart attack, cancer, and stroke account for about 85% of all critical illness claims. So even with basic, you're, you're covering a good range of risk right there. You're covering the biggest sources of major illness, life-changing illness. The enhanced version, though, gives you some added protection. Now you get into other illnesses that are equally as life-changing, things like Alzheimer's or MS or Parkinson's, something that is going to affect you and probably your family for possibly the rest of your life. And so if it does, how much of a difference would that lump sum of cash make for you and for maybe your your recovery journey or maybe just, just your long-term financial outlook when you're hit with this major illness? So um, both very good plans, but the enhanced gives you a little added protection and that's covering uh, more risk, if you will. So the enhanced is a Bentley and the basic is a 74 Pinto. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Don't even ask me my stories yeah. about the 74 Pinto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is stories about that from my youth. So how often do you see, and I know how often I've seen in 30 something years of doing this job and not that critical illness has been out that long, but you know, since it started, but how often do you see claims of critical illness insurance? I mean- because it's, it's like life insurance is kind of, which we, we talked about in an earlier episode, is kind of there. It's life insurance. You die, you get a claim. Yeah. Or your family gets a claim and they think. But critical illness, and we'll talk about this a bit more, is kind of like that disability type insurance benefit. So are claims easy and do you see them often? We do. And and yeah, I think what you mentioned there about it, it, it being something that, that that's living, it's a living benefit. Mm-hmm. So the person that's claiming on it is usually the person that's bought it. So they remember going through that underwriting process. And so we, we're starting to see a lot of claims and we always have. It's, it's um, when you look at cancer, heart attack or stroke, many of us can think of a family member, a relative, a friend who's gone through something like that. And um, if they are, that's where the insurance really is invaluable because now you're getting a cash payment that you can use for whatever you want. And uh, the, the claims process is, is something else entirely. And um, what we try to do as insurance company, every insurance company does, is mm-hmm. you get a, a claims examiner who's going to be your person, who's going to look at your medical file and, and figure out whether you have one of these um, critical illnesses. And there's a, there's a, a line there. Um, as far as what we define as a critical illness. So even something like cancer, which we could get into, um, is it a serious cancer or is it something that's maybe detected early on that's not necessarily I was just going to ask you, because so, some cancers don't count. Yeah. Sorry, guys, don't, not really say don't count because God forbid you have one, but there is certain diagnosis that are not considered critical illness, even though it's cancer. Yeah. So that's that's where it's important to understand the contract and what you're getting from an insurance company, any insurance company, because they define this. So what's nice with a critical illness insurance contract is that they very clearly define, you know, what's a claimable cancer versus one that, you know, maybe isn't serious enough for you to get your full benefits. So an example would be, we're two guys, prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So you look at prostate cancer. If you've got stage stage T1A or 1B of prostate cancer, that's not critically ill enough 
to get a full payment on a critical illness policy, if you can believe it. That being said, it's when prostate cancer is detected very, very early on, it's fully treatable. So what an insurance company does is they actually pay out an early detection benefit or an early assistance benefit. So they're basically saying, your illness, your prostate cancer is not serious enough that we're going to pay you the full amount that you bought, but we're going to pay you 10% of what you bought. So if you had a $100,000 critical illness policy, you add stage T1 uh, A of prostate cancer, you're, you'll get a check for $10,000. If you have this early detection prostate cancer, you've collected the $10,000, but now your prostate cancer, unfortunately, like I said, God forbid, advances beyond that and becomes more serious. Yeah. Can you still claim... The balance. Sure can. You can claim again. So with some carriers, you get the balance. So let's use the example of 100,000. Sure. So you get 10,000 check um, initially for the early detection. Now your prostate get cancer progresses to a point where it, it qualifies as a critically ill cancer. And at that point, you get checked for 90,000. So you can definitely claim again. With some carriers, and, and RBC Insurance would be one of those, the early detection benefit doesn't erode your 100000 your initial amount. So um, believe it or not, you could, you could get a, a payment of $110,000 oh, over so it's time. it's not just the balance. It's, it's not the just the balance. Payment. So you get the full payment. So you get the early assistance benefit of 10000 The 100000 stays as it is. And if you end up getting a more serious cancer, whether it's prostate cancer or you're just unlucky and you get another form of cancer or heart attack or stroke or any of these other conditions, if you have that enhanced plan, you get a check for 100000 Well, that answered one of my questions I had later, and you didn't even know it, but I was going <laughs> to say, can you collect more than once? The answer is yes. yes. But let's expand on that a little bit. If you got a cancer, assuming with prostate cancer, and um, you collected your $100,000 in this example, you recover, it's great, life goes on, three, four, five years pass, you're still paying your premiums, but you get another form of cancer because it's not like you can get prostate cancer twice if it's removed. So yeah. you get another form of cancer, you're still covered then. You're still able to if, yes. claim. So if you get that early detection payment, your, your policy's still in force. It doesn't go What away. if you get the full, what if, if you, you never the got full? the early detection? What if you had, let's go with lung cancer. Yeah. Something obviously more serious, but you're fortunate enough you get through it and they've paid you out your $100,000 for lung cancer diagnosis yeah. or a heart attack. Yeah. Are you done with the policy at that point? You're done with the policy okay. at that point. So once you yeah. have one full claim, if you will, major claim, yeah. whatever, um, non-early detection claim, let's say, the policy's a one-time payout. It's, the only time there's a multiple payout is if it's an early detection payout and then a full-fledged yeah. payout later on. Yeah, it's a one-time shot. But you could... Could you not buy another policy, but there would be ex obviously something you've already been paid out for would be excluded, but yeah. you totally you can, could, you know, maybe yeah. you're worried about, maybe you had the heart attack and you're still worried about stroke, MS, Lou Gehrig, like who, who knows or ALS, but you know, I mean, okay. Yeah. So you were, you mentioned about early detection. So what other, not that that's an add on benefit. That's just obviously part of a definition that's inside RBC and some other companies' plans. But what are some other benefits? Because I know you can do, not that I'm a fan of it, but because I'm not, but return of premium, pay more, don't get a claim, get your money back. But what are some other benefits you can get 
added on to the plan. Cause, cause even going from the basic to the enhanced is like a additional benefit. Yeah. A different yeah, choice. Can, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a different choice and a different benefit. And, and there are other things you can do to the plan, other benefits you can add on return of premium. You mentioned one. Uh, there's also one which is called a waiver of premium upon disability. So uh, again, looking at this as a living benefit along with disability insurance, it's meant to be something that's going to cover you while you're alive. Um, what if you suffer an injury, you're disabled, you're not working. It's not a critical illness though. So you still have that risk that you want to cover. You can get this, this uh, feature added to your policy when you buy it that waives your premium if you're disabled. So basically saying, um, you know, I'm sick. I can't do my job. I have no income coming in. I can't afford the insurance premium anymore. Well, this rider is going to kick in and say, well, don't worry about it. We're waiving that premium. So if you, if you, again, are one of those just incredibly unfortunate people, you're disabled and lo and behold, here comes a critical illness, a heart attack or cancer that comes along, your policy is still in force. You can still claim on it. So that's, that's a nice feature. There's another one with, with RBC Insurance, which is called a scheduled increase benefit rider. So what that does is it, it's kind of a financial planning tool where um, you can buy an initial amount of critical illness insurance today, mm -hmm. perhaps what you can afford on your budget today. And over the next 10 years, every two years, it gives you the ability to increase that coverage by 10%. So you could start at 50,000. Over time, you might get up to 100,000. And that happens every couple of years. So now you're kind of, maybe it's a plan that, that you're buying today that you can afford today with the hope that over time, maybe as um, income changes or expenses change, now you've got more money to put towards the premium. As your coverage grows, you eventually get to that 100,000. Well, that actually ties into how we at Everything Financial with the Omni Formula explain critical illness insurance. I know there's brokers and those people I like to slam out there, the insurance salespeople who are just trying to like buy my insurance policy because that's the only thing you need for a financial plan. No different than a mutual fund salesperson going, oh no, there's this is your financial plan. You bought RSPs and they try and convince you that's your plan. But when we do, we do um, the Omni formula, well, there's kind of four pillars in planning. You've got, well, God forbid you die. There's life insurance there to look after your family. Doesn't really help you, but it does help them. But if nothing happens to you, then you have your retirement planning, pension, investments, et cetera. And then there's obviously the number three, which we're going to talk about next episode is disability. Can't work. I mean, your biggest asset, really, your health and your ability to earn an income. And we'll talk more about disability, how it doesn't really pay you enough, but it keeps you going. And it's not quite replacing all your income. Yeah. But the problem is, as we'll get into more later, disability, you have no more money to pay, you know, put money into retirement, pension contributions from your employer will stop or RSP contributions, et cetera. So that's where we look at everything financial is critical illness as the financial planning tool. If you can no longer, you said income stopped, you can no longer save money. Maybe there's some bills you were paying down before that now you can't pay down. Yeah. There's where looking at critical illness. And I know a lot of salespeople use that guilt factor oh, you can go to the front of the line, go to the Mayo Clinic, go to this, go to that. Well, it's a, it's a little fear factor selling because in Canada, 99% of the time, you're going to be able to get in for a treatment most times. Yeah, there is always cases where, you know, my spouse didn't make it. They, they had a heart attack waiting for a treatment. And those things happen 
It's horrible, but I work in the States too. And guess what? Those things happen there too. I mean, so we look at the critical illness as what lump sum of money do you need to fill in the blanks in your plan, right? Like you just explained. And this idea of this added benefit where it grows is great because when you're doing a plan, you're trying to buy coverage or do investments in all four of those areas. But I think this this feature is huge because maybe you can't get the right amount of disability insurance yet because you can't afford to cover all your income. Yeah. You can't get the right amount of life insurance because you you're in your thirties or forties with a new family. Better off to cover a little bit of everything. So yeah, this benefit would be huge. Oh, I need two hundred thousand of critical illness insurance. I've priced it as cheap as I can. I can still only get fifty, sixty, or seventy-five thousand. Yeah, but my kids are three years old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I still have my. I was going to say you still have a five hundred thousand dollars mortgage, but in Vancouver, that's just well, that's it, just the doghouse outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it's not much else. But no. yeah, that's a that's a great benefit. So when you're doing the critical illness insurance and you're applying for it. And, and we know I've been doing this for a lot of years and, and we know how long those questionnaires are for oh, insurance, yes. but what kind of family history is looked at in doing an application or for critical illness? Like how can that affect your ability to be approved or the cost of the critical illness insurance? Yeah, family history matters. I'd say family history matters more so for critical illness than, than possibly any other insurance product because you look at... Um, the types of illnesses that can be hereditary. So uh, a number of cancers where, um, you know, if there's a history of it in your family, well, then there's a, a greater likelihood that you might get it. You might not. Um, but again, that's the risk, the trade-off we have with insurance. You might get it. And if you have a family history of, say, breast cancer, well, then you might be a little bit more... Um, likely to get it than say the general population. And mm -hmm. when you look at insurance companies, they're looking at kind of general population stats and they're trying to kind of price a product based on that. So when you look at family history, things that insurance company is gonna look at, um, number one, well, family history, but not only that, but age of onset. So was it early onset? Was it a parent who maybe was diagnosed with a form of cancer in their 30s or 40s, something that's hereditary? That makes a difference. It's the age of the client when they're applying. Is it a client that's, in their 20s or 30s. Well, they still have a lot of years left uh, and a lot more risk to an insurance company. Um, uh, other other items that might make a difference is, uh, well, just um, uh, the number of individuals in the family that have been have suffered from this illness. So is it something that, that maybe only one parent has suffered from or is it maybe a great-grandparent and something that could be traced back further? So an insurance company is gonna look at all these and... Uh, in an extreme, there could be a scenario where they say, look, we can't give you a standard price. We're going to rate this because of your family history. So if we're worried enough, we might say, well, you're going to have to pay a little bit more than the average person. So uh, a rating is often a percentage where they'll say um, 150%, which means you're paying, well, 1.5 times more than what that that market price is or 200%. So uh, that's something insurance company does to kind of plan around their risk. At the end of the day, insurance companies are there to, to make a profit mm -hmm. um, for their owner, shareholders, whatever. Owner what profit's have you. bad, didn't you hear? Yeah, so, so, um, so they plan around that. They try to manage that risk, knowing that you might not, not ever get it, but there's a greater likelihood that you will than the general population. So because of that, they charge you a little bit more. Now, is there a point where, I mentioned earlier, and you kind of alluded to it there about exclusions or ratings, mm -hmm. 
But where, say they would exclude one of those 20-something, about 25 or something, or 27, whatever it is, enhanced benefits. Is there a, a point where they go, okay, we've excluded this, this, and this, and they'll just go, okay, we won't cover you anymore, and we'll just we'll just decline the application? Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine it hits a point where you go like, how many things are you going to exclude? Oh, you're buying a 25 enhanced policy, but we'll only approve you for one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get to that point. So yeah, an insurance company, definitely, they'll look at it and say, well, let's say the the early onset breast cancer, family history of it. So they're going to exclude breast cancer, but maybe there's other things going on with you where now they say, well, now we need to include exclude these other six conditions and we also have to rate you 250%. Well, it gets to the point where, there's so little value in the plan, mm-hmm. they're just going to decline and say okay. it's it's just not worth the bother. So um, that's a very real risk. So you can, as a consumer, be declined by an insurance company if your family history, if your own personal health is um, uh, bad enough that they're they're concerned. So, well, it goes without saying, get it early while you're healthy. That's the thing, and 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 people don't understand that. We try to explain it a lot of time. They go. Well, what if I get this later? They're going to, you know, because everyone's got the the evil insurance company. But I've been doing this 30-something years, and it's real simple. Tell the truth on an application form, and if they approve you, that's the picture of your history is right then, not what happens to you six months, three months. I mean, I had a client, as mentioned to you earlier, before we started recording, who paid one premium, got diagnosed with stage four cancer, and collected on an insurance and it was legitimate she, because she didn't know she had it at the time. There was no doctor record. She'd never been, you know, for this thing. And it's nothing that was picked up in when, you know, when she did the application. It occurred after. And, yeah. and they will pay. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. Tell the truth. There's no fraud. You're going to, you're going to unfortunately get your claim paid. I mean, yeah. but that's what it's there for. Yeah. So, so with this type of insurance, I know with life insurance, we talk about it a lot as a key financial planning tool. And the benefit is tax-free. So we talk about disability, which we'll talk about next episode. There's two different versions, taxable and tax-free. So how is critical illness? How is that claim um, viewed by the CRA? Tax-free for, for the most part. It's uh, whether it's a tax-free payment to you personally because you're the insured, you're the owner of your policy, or in corporate settings, you might have a company, maybe it's your own company, that buys that critical illness insurance for you as a key person, or maybe it's a form of shareholder uh, protection or buyout. In that case, it's tax-free to the company. And the company can then use that cash for whatever whatever they see fit. So um, quite simply, yeah, critical illness tax-free, and it's paid for with after-tax dollars, whether it's after-tax personal dollars or after-tax corporate dollars. So it's like the living life insurance benefit, but it's also like the lump sum disability benefit. Yeah, it's kind got a of, great it, purpose and it fills a lot of holes in a financial plan. It strikes a nice balance. And, and one thing I like about critical illness insurance too is that even if you have an RSP account that's well-invested and well-funded, you have a tax-free savings account, even if you're, you're financially independent to the point where, you know, if an illness strikes, it's not gonna leave you financially, you know, destitute. Even in a scenario like that, critical illness has has a place because when you look at what it does, it eliminates the timing risk, market timing risk. Mm-hmm. So look at look at what we're in today. If you were to be diagnosed with an illness and you had a non-registered account, you could pull money from. Maybe it means getting treatment in the States or maybe it means you need to take time off of work. Well, 
Um, you got to enhance your house and put in a wheelchair. Enhance your house. Who knows yeah. what else? I what, mean, who, whatever yeah. the case may be, any sort of expense, what do you want to do? Do you want to pull from your investment that's just lost 20%? Or do you want to get a check from an insurance company, leave your investment as it is, and hope that maybe it's going to bounce back over the next few years? In in a perfect world, um, you know, if you're if you're in your 30s, 40s, you're you're still growing your investments and your career, maybe you're investing in higher growth stocks, um, funds, whatever the case may be. And as you approach retirement, you start to take away some of that risk. So maybe you transfer that to fixed income um, so that you're not at, at mercy of sort of the volatility of the market. Well, uh, the thing with cancer, heart attack, stroke, they, they don't care. Um, they, they don't necessarily give you advance warning on when it's going to happen. So, you know, you might have They don't years. discriminate against age, race, no. or economic... None at no, all. So they, they, it doesn't matter. You're never ready for it. And and you're probably never financially ready for it because you haven't really rebalanced your portfolio to address for any volatility or market risk. So if you get that illness when you're in your 40s and you're still heavily invested in growth funds or equities and you see investment portfolio that's gone down, um, it, the great thing with critical illness is you don't have to touch it because you've got an insurance company that's cutting a check for you. You can use the insurance company's money for whatever it is you need to do. And we, ex- we explain that to people too all the time in our planning that one of the biggest risks to your health or the biggest stresses is financial. Yeah. Like it's one of the biggest stresses on a marriage too, financial instability and financial stresses. And when if you get diagnosed, the best thing you can do it's bizarre, but is have money to put that stuff on the back burner and focus on yourself, your family, and your health. Yeah. I mean, and this is just one of those areas. And it's one of those things we've been doing it a long time. But when we mention it to people, they kind of go as part of a plan. We kind of get the, huh? Yeah. What's that? Because everyone goes life insurance and the automatic reaction is how much is it going to cost or do I need it or how much do I need? And then- you know, we talk about disability because I think disability, which we're going to talk about next episode in episode 12, but is the most important insurance because it affects everybody. Yeah. But as we said, you've, you've hit this one really good is where the gaps are and people just don't see, you know, no more pension money, no more RSP money. No. And as you said, if you're in your thirties or forties, you've got 20, 25 years of savings for retirement. You probably don't have that much put away yet. No. And all of a sudden, a lump sum of a hundred or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Maybe you've got great disability at work or personally, you're fine yeah. financially. But what if this illness, whatever it is, lasts the next five years? That because it can take a long time to recover from some of these things. Oh yes. And again, if the if financially you're set for the next five years, you know that's a good thing. And tax free. And I love tax free because anytime you can stick it to CRA. <laughs> you win. That's a good thing. So folks, yeah. that pretty well does it. We want to thank Chris Cook from RBC um, for enlightening us, educating us on critical illness insurance. Uh, he will be back though, because he did so well. We're going to bring him back for an encore oh. in episode 12, where we're going to talk about disability insurance, as I say, the most important insurance you could ever own really. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us at Everything Financial, you can go to YouTube, look up the Everything Financial group channel, look at all our different podcasts, go to everythingfinancial.com or email us at yourmoney@everythingfinancial.com, and we'll see you in episode 12. 